Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on this Breakthrough Friday, day six of fasting and prayer. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth at our brand new studios in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, it's been a great week. Church isn't even a week old yet. And we're up on uh, close to a thousand individuals that have passed through the doors since we opened this time last week for New Year's Eve, which is an amazing uh, launch, the, the, the giving. I'm blown away how God has started the year with this ministry. And I pray you have your own testimonies. We've been featuring testimonies that people have written in from this year and years past. And these 21 days won't pass without you having your own testimony. This last Monday was the final Monday that we won't be on national television. We start national television on Daystar, which is one of the two major networks. Oh, I got a graphic. Every Monday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. If you would, have them add that to the graphic, because I want to, it's not bragging, but it's kind of bragging, that we have the full hour. Uh, They offered me one to two, and I was going to have Patrick call and ask how much half an hour is, and I thought, you know what? Why take less? God's brought us this far. Let's just go for it. So uh, that's, that's huge. The channels we used to be on, our record for response was 258 calls, 263 calls, something like that, in an hour. And then uh, Daystar was 2,700. We never had less than 2,400 calls in an hour. And it's on right after uh, Marcus and Joni's spot, noon to one which is their, their flagship program. So it's a great time slot, and I just want to keep you abreast because this isn't just some broadcast going out to the public like, like Daystar will be. A lot of you are show of emoji hands if you're friends or partners with this ministry and you're not just tuning in for the first time. Uh, so I want to keep you abreast of what we're doing, that you're not giving into a black hole. Of course, you receive a return, but we're taking... If you take what we were doing this time last year and what we're doing now, I don't, I don't know what more... Uh, we, we could do in a year. It's, a, it's amazing what the Lord has done. And I appreciate you believing in us and standing with Adonis and I and everybody that's, that's a part of this now on Revival Today. We're just about to make a few more hires and we'll be up to 24 full-time staff, which I realize is no big deal for some ministries. I know Bishop David Oyedepo has 1,100 full-time associate pastors, not counting administrative staff. So I'm not bragging, but it used to be just me <laughs> and then I used all my faith to add a Dallas into the mix. And then I took a couple more years and got enough faith to bring a child along into the mix. Then our first part-time employee, and I thought I had stretched myself to the max. But I'm going to talk about that, how if you stay with God, uh, you're never going to hit the top. He's going to keep, the Bible says, and we dealt with it at noon prayer. Oh, that's awesome. Met you a week ago at New Year's Eve. I see you, David. Nice, nice to see you. Back in South Bend, Indiana. John Castellano, it was good to see you last night. Glad you're watching from wherever you're watching. Viewership's been off the hook from all over the world. And um, today, I had a different message pre- prepared on prayer. But I'm going to go in a different direction. As I was meditating on, on the Word, which often happens when I do it, God laid something fresh outside of my notes. Um, hey, Frankfurt, Germany, that's awesome. Military or actual German living in, in Frankfurt? Wow, that's great, Justin. God bless you. Hello from Arizona. Don't, don't rub it in that you get to be in Arizona today. 
It's like 18 degrees here and snowy. They did a good job on the roads, though. I'll say that. Um, good to see you in South Africa. No problem. New Mexico, great to see you. Orlando. Joel Ortiz, good to see you, brother. Family member. Kenya. Great nation. When you guys run in our um, marathons in the United States, everybody else might as well just stay home. Norm MacDonald had a line. The Boston Marathon, the day where over 30,000 Americans futilely chase a handful of Kenyans through the streets of Boston. Alabama, California, Bahamas. Great to have you. Iowa, man, all over the place. Awesome. Glad you're here. All right. Well, that's my least favorite part when I watch somebody else's broadcast of them greeting everybody, but I am, I'm thankful you're here, so I'll get to it. You see the title, Fasting and Prayer, Day 6, Secrets to Supernatural Increase. And so I wanted to give you something. I've not spoken on this before. I've spoken on elements of it before, but I want to show you how to carry what God's put in your spirit and practically take steps to... Um, okay. If I pour water out in your presence, you can put your hands out and it'll have some benefit on your hands, but then when I'm done pouring, it's all gone. Or if you have a container, you can use what you need now, you can store it for later. It's gonna be a much better use of that water being poured out. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the bucket that allows you to contain and then make application with what God's doing. Without wisdom, then you just feel the presence of God and you feel good and then you go back to life as normal. But with wisdom, you can take what God's giving you and then do something with it. Good to have you in Montreal. Praying for you guys there. I saw Calgary too, British Columbia. Praying for Canada, Ontario. Boy, they're all, almost got every province all at once. Zechariah 4.10, this is the year uh, 2022, fasting and prayer, day six. Secrets to Supernatural Increase. Zechariah 4, verse 8. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Verse 10. Catch this. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. In the New Living, do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. Secret number one, refuse to despise the day of small beginnings. The world celebrates explosive beginnings. Somebody was a nobody, they got discovered by Oprah. And then uh, now they have a company that's doing $5 million a year when they were doing five hundred dollars uh, every, every few months. The world loves that, and those are great stories. But God builds foundations in people, and I'm not setting you up for slow growth. What I am setting you up for is that everything has a beginning place. Anna said, what scripture is that? Zechariah 4.10. Good to see you in Indio, California. Had a great time there. In December, I'll be back. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Good to see you in Germany. Man, people are watching from everywhere. 
Pretty great. You know, when we had this church, we had people fly in from all over the, the, the world to open it up with us, which is great. And then we had a good crowd uh, Saturday and Sunday. Very good, especially for a church launch. I'm not going to speak negativity, but now that all the people that have gone home, this Sunday we're going to find out where we're at. And uh, there may not be 5,000 people here. There may not be 1,000 people here. It could go below 500. Wherever it starts at this Sunday, it's a beginning place. And then you build from there. Everything has a beginning place. So what happens is when the Lord lays something on your heart, it's very exciting. Then you start it. You know, the Lord spoke to you about going on YouTube and broadcasting or podcasting. And you were excited. You bought all the equipment and then you do it. And you do a program and you don't hear from one person for two weeks. You ask people to leave reviews. No reviews. You don't hear one thing. Well, now the excitement has worn off. And it's time to get to work. A lot of people have done that when they've started churches. You're excited, get your graphics, put it up on Instagram, pay for ads, make cool videos, and then you do the first Sunday, and there's nine people there. And then the next Sunday, there's four people there. Well, now what? Most people, when they hit their, when the, when the zeal of the Lord laying something on their heart wears off, and the enthusiasm, the, the carnal enthusiasm of a new idea is gone. Most people, most people uh, quit. They give up. So you'll notice a lot of people start podcasts. Well, I'm going to be on every Tuesday and Wednesday or every Tuesday and Thursday, every Monday and Wednesday. And they are every Monday and Wednesday for week one, every Monday and Wednesday for week two. Week three, today we're only going to be able to be on Monday. Uh, there'll be no Wednesday broadcast. And then you don't hear from them the next week either. And then six weeks go by. And uh, then they do another podcast. Sorry, uh, it's been a minute. Haven't been on. You know, we've had a lot going on. No, you haven't had a lot going on. You, you didn't learn that there's a beginning place. Name me a large ministry that started with large crusades. There's some of the stories that I like to hear the most, and there's some, I have people come up to me all the time and say, I love when you tell the stories of you and Adalis starting out. I love when you tell the stories about you and Adalis not having any money when you started out. Why do people like to hear that? Because that's where they're at. You see Reinhard Bonnke having his million Man, crusades, he didn't start with a million. He didn't start with 100,000. He didn't start with 10,000. He didn't start with 1,000. He started asking DJs at clubs in Germany if he could address the youth that were at the clubs and just start with nothing. My grandfather with my grandmother and her accordion going out on the sidewalk in uh, Farmington, West Virginia. Everything has to have a starting place. You see how well my father's doing now. My dad had no, and I'm not trying to make him look bad. He tells this. He had no home, no apartment, nowhere to live. Would live with his parents when he wasn't preaching for six years. I was five years old when we got our first apartment. Every, and again, 
I'm not setting you up for slow growth or no growth. I'm just telling you, if you'll take time and read from the business world, finance world, uh, political world, or ministry world, people don't start at the top. Somebody wrote that T.D. Jake started with 25 people, and then even after that, for a long time. You know, T.D. Jakes tells a story that's very interesting when it, when it comes to despise not the day of small beginnings, that will even... Um, that I can teach another point off of, which is why I made the title Secrets to Supernatural Increase instead of four secrets or five because, as you know, many times we get a few more that drop in my heart along the way. T.D. Jakes is preaching at his church in Charleston, West Virginia. It has an eight-foot drop ceiling, and he got invited to do a conference for somebody. I can't remember who. So they had all the conference speakers send a clip of their preaching. And T.D. Jakes sent in a clip of his preaching. So the guy he's going to preach the conference for has a show on, has a program on TBN. And, uh, you know, it was one of those ads like, speaking this year, so-and-so with a clip of their preaching. So-and-so with a clip of their preaching. So it says T.D. Jakes and plays, what, seven seconds, 11 seconds of him preaching. Well, Paul Crouch Sr., the then head of uh... sorry, I got caught up reading the comments. Um, Paul Crouch Sr., the then owner-operator of TBN, is in his kitchen making a sandwich with TBN on. And he hears T.D. Jakes preach. And he says, Get, I want that man on TBN. So TBN contacts uh, Bishop Jakes. At that time, Bishop Jakes' media ministry consisted of his microphone plugged into a tape recorder on the platform that he had to load the preaching tape in. If you're my age or older, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're younger than me, you won't know what I'm talking about. And you had to hit play and record at the same time then he'd have to wait while he was preaching because they only ran 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Listen for the tape to stop, stop preaching, flip the tape and hit play and record again. So he said when Paul Crouch Sr. offered to put him on TBN, his first thought was, I don't have, cam I don't have camera, I don't have equipment, I don't have help. But he knew in his spirit, if he missed the open door, he would have missed it. So he said yes and just made the decision, I'll figure it out as I go, which is another, uh, this is secrets to supernatural increase. This is another secret that we can add on to the side of this, which is don't despise the day of small beginnings. I'm, I'm going to get to more. But then when the door opens, don't stay at the day of small beginnings. Walk through the open door. Lacking the equipment. Lacking the volunteers, lacking the money, lacking the help. I said over the weekend, God never expects you to walk through your new door of promotion with yesterday's provision. And I guess you can make that a second key. Number one, despise not the day of small beginnings. Number two, remember, God never expects you to walk through your new door of promotion 
with yesterday's provision. Write that down in the comments and write it in your notes if you would. God never expects you to walk through your new door of promotion with yesterday's provision. Say, oh man, they just offered me this opportunity. I don't, but I, there's no way I could pay for that. Who opened the door? Now, knowing your spirit, it's from God. But you know, uh, we had called Daystar to see how much it would be to purchase a half hour. This is just a handful of months ago. They said it doesn't work that way. All our time slots are full, and then you can only come on this channel by invite only. So we went from not being able to get a response as to how to get a half hour to them calling and offering an hour. And I felt good about it in my spirit. Now, that's not in the budget, and it's quite a bit of money. It'll be over half a million dollars uh, for the year, well over half a million dollars. That's not in the budget. But I don't reject open doors unless the Lord checks my spirit that it's not of God. That's a major opportunity to get the gospel out. And then the miracle that the Lord did for us with this building, I had money set aside uh, to build out that other church, which now is not necessary. It would be redundant. So the money's already there. I've told you before, if I miss it, I'm going to miss it going forward. I'm not going to miss it sitting still, worried about what ha what, you know, whether we could get the money or whether it would work out. God never expects you to walk through your new door of promotion with yesterday's provision. And then we have the best week of offerings outside of when that one man dropped a million dollars at once. I think, I think uh, the second, second only to that, right after we accept that opportunity, which popped up just after Christmas, it's the Lord. So when, don't despise the day of small beginnings, but don't stay there. And when a door opens... That's, I'm not talking a door to walk away from the thing you're doing. You notice this wasn't, we started this church, and then an opportunity opened up to go on Daystar, so I'm shutting down the church to just broadcast on Daystar. No. Everything just continues to add to the original vision. Nothing shut down to do another thing. God never expects you to walk through your new door of promotion with yesterday's provision. And men, if it's not there when the door opens, walk through the open door. And like in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, many times your provision is on the battlefield. It's on the land God's telling you to go acquire. Thanks, Alex. Despise not the day of small beginnings. 
This Sunday, I'm going to find out what our base church number is, and then we grow from there. Next, I was going to number it, but the numbers wound up being off. Fasting and prayer day six, secrets to supernatural increase. I want to talk to you about something that I've, I believe I've mentioned one time, and I'm going to mention it again now. I want you to write this down. Systems, not goals. Or you can write systems instead of goals. Systems instead of goals. What I'm about to teach you is going to contradict what you've probably heard from a lot of leadership people. And you're free to... I know a lot of times you hear me sarcastically say, you don't have to believe me just as long as you remember that I'm right. I'm not saying that this time because this is not um, Bible doctrine though I could make the case for it from Scripture. Well, good, Sam. That makes me happy. I really needed to hear this today. Thank you, Pastor Evangelist Jonathan. Well, that's a lot to write. As if Shuttlesworth wasn't long enough. Systems instead of goals. Most leadership people, especially at this time of year when you're coming into a new year, what do they tell you? You need to have goals for 2022. So people arbitrarily make goals. I'm thinking right now, and I think I can say, nothing that we're doing, my stomach's in pain after I ate last night, any advice? Don't eat as much and don't eat acidic, eat, eat small, easily digestible portions of food. I'm not telling you what you have to eat after 6 p.m. because the fast is 6 to 6. But if, you, if your stomach's been empty all day and then you, I'm not saying you gorge like a pig, but I'm saying if you do gorge like a pig, you're going to hurt your stomach. Have something soft and easy to eat. And don't, 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 uh, don't eat a ton. Nothing that we have right now was a goal of mine other than the Festival of Life Crusades in that when God called me to be an evangelist, obviously I had the goal of one day having large crusades. I, had, I never had a goal to have a church. I had a goal to not have a church. Um, And in the comments, if you could focus on the teaching instead of this turning into a digestive advice seminar, it'd be great. That's right, Scott. Systems help reach and maintain progress. So he, he already knows where I'm going. Good job on YouTube. Instead of setting goals, well, even if you have a goal, you have no way to get there. It's like when you meet a Christian and they say, I know I'm called to be the president of the United States, and one day I'm going to be the president of my country. All right, well, how are you getting there? What are you doing right now? 
you have a blog, you're in no way involved in politics. Where's your system to help you reach the goal? Now, I'm not talking about systems to help reach a goal. I had you write systems instead of goals. Systems instead of goals. Set up, listen to this now, set up a daily system in line with your calling. Something that you're doing every day, except for your Sabbath day of rest. Six days a week, what you're doing in those days that facilitates growth in the thing that you're called to do. Thanks, Jacqueline. I appreciate that on YouTube. Okay, so instead of explaining it, let me tell you what I do. I'm called to be an evangelist. And pastor got added to that. But let me just deal with evangelism. Every day, I began to broadcast the word of God. At the end of the broadcast, I began to open the door for people that were touched by the the word or saw what we're doing and wanted to get behind it, like the women in Luke chapter 8, 1 to 3, to partner or give. But there was no day not going by. The Lord laid that scripture on my heart. The sower sows the word. So every day, since I'm called to be a sower, I made sure the word was getting out on as many platforms as possible. That started out on my phone, on Periscope. No cameras owned, no nothing. Then the studio gets added into it, which was my living room. Then was us turning our phones off in the office and moving half the office workers or the office workers over to half of the office. Then God gave us a studio. Then we started adding more broadcasters in. Kofi, Adalis, then Maddie. Then God added in check the news, deal with people's spirits in the daytime, deal with their minds at night, help them interpret what they're being fed by the propaganda news machine. Kyle said, I remember the Not A Morning Person podcast. That's right. I was on early stuff that's defunct now, Meerkat, anything that allowed me to get out. Now, I don't want you to hear this as me just reciting what all I've done. I'm telling you, I could have just been content to book meetings. Go preach. That's what evangelists did. But I set up a daily system. Broadcasting. Posts on social media to get the word out. And then as that system grew, what happened? That system created growth. Ministers saw me on YouTube. And wanted me to come preach. People who own television networks saw me on YouTube and, and wanted me to go on their television program, which I then added that in. Well, now you end up with the, the system kept expanding till we have what we have now. Every day when the sun comes up, prayer and fasting, we've altered things. But in February, every day when the sun comes up, We'll have morning prayer with Kofi. 
There's people that watch that that don't watch anything else our ministry does. That's been an intake valve. And things have come out of that that have expanded revival today. Then check the market with Patrick. There's people that are interested in finance that are looking for live YouTube programming, and there's next to nothing out that's not subscription-based. So that's been an intake valve. Then people find the ministry through that. Listen to the preaching. Then this program, 11 o'clock, our, ma our main flagship program. Then we're going to have prayer, 12 to 1 p.m., now that we have the church. That, that attracts its own crowd, both online and live, people that want to pray and seek God. Maddie at 4 p.m., 21, 22 years old. I'm 41. She's attracting a younger crowd and is in that phase of life herself. So she's got revelation from God's word to add to that. Well, that attracts, it, it's like tentacle arms from the same octopus that brings in the lost or people that, that desire the word and then check the news at night, which has brought in thousands of people who had no interest in church whatsoever, but then began to hear the news from a Bible standpoint, liked me, liked Magalis, whoever, and it brought in a whole bunch of people that attend. Our, our, it packed our church services out once we started that. One, two, three, four, five, six specific system things that take place every day. And so every day, the ministry grows. Yeah, Ninja Buddha, that most of you know, because he's on, he's on every broadcast and very friendly to talk to. You know him. He was a Mormon who, like, checked the news, came to see me at Caddo Mills, Texas. In fact, I guess you'll be celebrating your one year born again. You made more friends as a Christian in one year than any Christian in Christian history. He came to see me on Saturday night at Caddo Mills, Texas, and said, I'm a Mormon. I want you to know I'm a Mormon, but I wanted to come see you because I like check the news. I tell everybody, I'm, a, I'm not a Christian, but Jonathan's my pastor. I said, well, let's work on the Christian part. Me, you claiming me as your pastor isn't going to get you into heaven. I said, come tomorrow night, and when I give the altar call, receive Jesus Christ. And he said, okay, I will. There he was Sunday. He comes and receives Jesus Christ at the invitation. When we do the meetings in Rowlett, Texas, March to April, he's uh, at all, all the meetings, if not almost all of them, bringing people to get saved, and here he is, totally different person a year later, and that all came from covering the election. So I, did I have a goal to be on Daystar by this time next year, last year? No. Did I have a goal to have a church? No. As, as you put a system in place, that helps things ex expand. Every day, you're doing actions in that system that cause growth in what God's called you to do. I hope I'm explaining this correctly. What daily system do you have in place? For the thing that God called you to do. I'm talking about a system 
that brings increase. I want you to write that down. A system that brings increase. A, I'll have you change it. A daily system that brings increase. All right, Dylan Dross said so good. All right, if you're, if you're understanding this, because I don't feel like I've expressed it well, I'm going to give it another go. A daily system that brings increase. And I, that's why I didn't just put a daily system. I do my laundry in the morning. It's not a system. It's a system, but it's not a system that brings increase. And then once you set that system up, don't break it. Most people that you meet that just set goals are very frustrated. You can set a goal to lose 40 pounds. If there's no system, daily system in place, a daily repeatable system towards that goal, even if you lose the weight, you won't keep it off, and you likely won't lose the weight. I want to be a millionaire. Great goal. You're going to be frustrated. What's your daily system that's going to produce a million dollars over expenses of, of the thing that you're doing? Now, we did break our system from Thanksgiving till New Year's Eve. Tasha said, this is what I need to hear. Okay, I'm glad that, I'm glad this is helping. Because most people you meet, they set goals. I'm going to quit smoking. They have no, nothing in place to help them do that. And so they're smoking by the 5th of January. I'm going to retire at 50. All right. What's your daily system that's going to ensure that by 50 at the latest, you don't need to work anything you don't want to work? Daily system. So I told you what ours is for our ministry. Now, as an evangelist, which was all I was up until uh, six days ago. The normal system for an evangelist, holy moly, it's 1045. You know, this is the first day I've had coffee. So it must have given me energy because the other days I was like, Looking, looking up, I was pretty much done. It was like 10, 10 um, The normal system for an evangelist was you preach, and when you're not preaching, you come home and relax and put pictures up of your feet up by the pool, you at a nice restaurant with your wife. But I decided 
I was going to put a system in place because I met so many people on the road that got impacted in the revival meetings, but they had never been taught on healing or anything, and they weren't going to get teaching at that church because the, pa the pastor didn't necessarily believe in it. So I thought, well, for all the people that get impacted, you know, you get healed. So now you believe in healing, but you don't know why other than that God healed you. I'm going to teach on healing. I'm going to teach on end-time Bible prophecy. I'm going to put something out every day so Christians that want John Maxwell said that he can tell someone will be successful by their daily habits. All right, good. So I'm not the only one on this course. When I bucked that normal system to put in this system, you know, I could have an evangelist come up to me and see the prosperity level of our ministry and say, that's amazing. And they'll say it like, I don't know how that could happen to you. I, I understand that happened to you. I don't know how it could ever happen to me. Well, let's compare what we do every day. If I'm putting the word out seven times a day, every day, 49 times a week, and you're putting the word out two weekends a month to a closed group of people in a building, it's not a miracle. It's just logic. That the person that has a system, you know, if, if I was a plumber, what daily system do I have in place to produce new contacts? I don't care if it's spending $15 a day on Facebook, targeted Facebook ads to my region. The person that's more diligent in business is going to outproduce the person that's less diligent in business. Now, I said all that. One of the main benefits of having a daily system in place. Thanks, Carol. Well, you guys have been a major encouragement today. A lot of viewers, too. Man, this is great. I'm, I'm having a blast this first week of the new year. One of the main benefits of having systems in place instead of arbitrary goals is it will keep you from running around. I want you to write that down. Daily systems keep me from running around. I have to pick, um, I have to pick up the confetti for the middle school party. If, see, if you start talking about working hard, people all think they're working hard because they run all day, but running's not working. And running errands is not operating within a system of increase. If I wanted to take a day and be the student parent at one of Camila's school functions, maybe I'll do that once a year. But I'm not signing up for something that's going to be, well, Jonathan can't broadcast anymore because he's now the assistant coach of the field hockey team. It's not happening. I'm on a mission. When that angel came to my room, he didn't say anything about coaching field hockey. So people sign up for stuff that actually takes them out. You say, well, yeah, but you get to spend time with 
with your daughter. I can spend time with her differently. But I'm not signing up for something that's going to dictate my schedule that, that's completely outside of my system of increase. We took 17 days off this summer. I knew I'd never probably be able to do that again now that the church is starting. Can't be, I'm not going to be gone. I'm going to try to miss one Sunday all year is all I'm going to miss, if the Lord allows. So, yeah, I wasn't a I wasn't student parent, but I had my daughter with me for 17 days, five of which we spent never leaving the hotel except for dinner, watching Golden Girl girls reruns with my daughter belly laughing now that's quality time 25 consecutive 24 hours just laying right next to each other laughing at old tv shows which i never realized how filthy that program was you think of an 80s sitcom with four old women as clean as like so you understand there's things you say no to in the short term that you can have more of in the long term. Systems, daily systems. Uh, I guess I'll make this another separate point that just came to my spirit. You guys don't mind if I go 15 minutes over the 11 o'clock hour? That's right, Wilson. Don't, I want you to write this down. Don't build, my church is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you're watching and you, you like what you're hearing, we'd love to have you. Revival Today Church. 107 Patton Drive, Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, 15108. Every Sunday at 10 a.m. Today for prayer at noon to one, and then also we're having a breakthrough service at 7 p.m. Thanks, Natalie. All right, back to me. Here's the next one. This sounds selfish, but I don't care. Secrets to supernatural increase. Don't build other people's things. Build your thing. Don't build other people's things. Hey, uh, Sister Marianne, good to see you up in Quebec. Don't build other people's things. Build your thing. One day, I'm going to stand before the Lord, and he's not going to ask me about what other people did. He's going to ask me about the mission he assigned me to do. Oral Roberts built that prayer tower in uh, Tulsa. And he told one of the ministers that worked with him when they were standing up there, he said, everything that I'm doing and spending money on, I can see from right here. That's a principle. I'm not flinging money around or effort all over the place. I'm building the thing God called me to build. Now, you help other people? We, in our ministry, we gave $1.3 million away to other ministries, widows. 
You saw the kids that we feed at the opening of the broadcast. I'm not saying don't help anybody. I'm saying the bulk, like 90% of your energy and life and money should be building your assignment. Not just always feeling sorry for people and, or, or committing your effort to things that have nothing to do with you. As an evangelist, there's people that would invite that will invite me to preach because they're having a conference. They don't care about me. They don't care about my message. They just know I have a following, and if they have me as one of the speakers, it's going to build a crowd, and they want a big crowd for their uh, for their church. There's no care. There's no relationship. So I'm not doing it. People you see me preach for, I believe in them. We're, we, we have a, one old minister said, I said, if you had it to do over again, knowing what you know now as an evangelist, what changes would you have made? He said, I would only preach for people that I have a relationship with. So I actually don't care how big or small somebody's church is. I care about them. If it's somebody I believe in, I don't care. If, I went up and preached for my friend, Pastor Aaron, that was starting a church in Saskatchewan. He had like 11 people on Sunday. He was just starting. Small town in Saskatchewan. But he's got a lot more now. And I, I, I knew he was going to do well. And I wanted to help. I wanted to encourage him. So I'm not saying you never help anybody. But I'm not called to be, using the old analogies, I'm not called to be a field hockey coach. I'm not called to build the local high school field hockey team. If I was, I'd, I'd be doing it full-time. I'd be doing a broadcast on field hockey right now. Don't build other people's thing. Build your thing. What is your thing that God called you to build? Automotive dealership? Car parts store? Guns and ammunition, warehouse, manufacturing. Don't build other people's thing. Build your thing. I hope that makes sense to you. Even on a small scale, a lot of my energy, a lot, goes to helping other people build their families. I'm spending an hour plus on it helping you build you and your family. But the bulk of my time, I don't even necessarily say time, the bulk of my focus is on building my family. There's no person I spend more time teaching and investing in than my child or my wife because that's my thing. I'm going to give an account to God. I'm not giving an account to God for your wife, but I will for my wife. I'm not giving an account to God for your children, but I am for, for my child. 
So it's not that it has to be to the exclusion. We're the largest donor, the last I heard, to feed the hungry. So it's not like I'm holding back from people. But I'm building something that God called me to build in Pittsburgh. Now, these two things that I've given you will safeguard you. And I want, I want, you to, I want to ask you, what is it what is it that God called you to build? You have to know that. Now, if you can't write that right now, you need to make that the number one prayer point for your 21 days of prayer and fasting. What do you have me on the earth for? I want you guys to get the assignment books ready, the four assignment books. Wow. Alberto said, started a used car dealership in Tucson this year in part to your bold preaching on being the lender, not the borrower. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Alberto, I'm not making any promises, but the next time I'm in Arizona, I might, I might come down and buy one. Because I was thinking we, we, we probably should get a vehicle, a company vehicle for the church for people that have to run errands from here. So maybe we'll go make a trip buy it and drive it back, sacrifice and spend a little time in Arizona. Rick said, we only have so much energy, we have to spend it wisely. Exactly. Who do you see Jesus spending the bulk of his time with? The Pharisees trying to build the temple in the old system? No. His 12 disciples the three that were in the inner circle. He built the mission God called him to build. I want you to answer on a piece of paper right now, what does God, has God called you to, do, to build on the earth? See, this is so separate from the American work system and the, the American philosophy that you're working a job to pay bills, and then one day you can retire. Well, there's no retirement from a divine calling. I'm going to have you write this down as, a, as another secret to supernatural increase. Write this down. Instead of planning a vacation... I'm going to change it. Instead of planning retirement, build a life you don't want to take a break from. Instead of planning your retirement, build a life you don't want to take a break from. I'll show you the books soon, Ashley. I'm, gonna, I'm just having them get the graphic ready for the end. There's nothing I'm doing today that I don't enjoy. I enjoy doing these broadcasts. The temperature of the room is enjoyable to me. The lighting's enjoyable. The mic and monitors are enjoyable, so I don't feel tired. I can, I can hear my voice. I don't, I don't have to exert
I enjoy spending time with God in prayer, noon to one. I enjoy preaching at night. I've made the traveling on the road so that I look forward to it. In fact, wherever I get invited, I'll go on Yelp ahead of time and find what the best coffee is there. If they have a Dutch Brothers or in and out something we don't have in Pittsburgh, and I'm, uh, something to look forward to, small things to look forward to. When I went to go preach up in, uh, for my friend way up in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan, I saw they had two Tim Hortons. I was happy. We don't have that. We have Tim Hortons, but they don't do it the same in America. It's very enjoyable coffee. Build a life you enjoy. Kristen said, what's your favorite place in Arizona? Mm, top to bottom, east to west. I like Lake Powell a lot. I like Sedona a lot. I like the Grand Canyon. I like Scottsdale. Instead of planning retirement, you know, if you're, if you're 41 like me and you can't wait till you turn 55 so you can quit doing what you're doing now, there's a good chance you're doing either A, you're doing what you're not called to do, or B, the system that you've set up in which to do it, you've, you've, you've set it up wrong. Set it up the way you want it. Let me ask you a question. As a pastor, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? No, I'm supposed to be sitting at a desk for some reason, with a computer for some reason, typing God knows what, with the bulletin. I hate church announcements. I've hated them since I was a little kid, so we cut them out of our church. I'm not having them. Hey, Cotto Mills, good to see you, Angie. I had a great time there last year. A, are you doing what you're called to do? B, the system that you've set up in which to do it, do you enjoy it? If not, what don't you enjoy? Change it today. Any place that saps your joy, any part of your life that takes your joy, change it immediately. I'll make that another separate key. Identify any part of your life that saps your joy and change it immediately. If there's a person you dread now, obviously, you, you, can't, uh, you can only do this if you're the owner of the business. You can't just start dismissing coworkers. <laughs> if there's somebody you dread coming into the office because you have to see them or you know they're going to come talk to you, get rid boot them. They're obviously not meant to be with you. People God brings into your life bring joy. And joy is a very important barometer because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 
I don't know how many separate secrets I've, I've given you right now. Make every part of your day <coughs> something you look forward to. You know, even on the fast, I'm not doing six to six, I'm not breaking, but I told you I'm not just doing water, I'm doing liquids. So in the morning, I looked forward to my tea. In the afternoon, I looked forward to my bone broth. I allow myself one bottle of, uh, of juice. I look forward to that just before church. And then when I come home, as I unwind and get ready to go to sleep, I look forward to my second cup of tea. So it doesn't even feel like a fa fast in that I'm just starved. You know, and if I was doing just water, I'd look forward to my, my water. I'd start to learn the different flavors of water and enjoy. You just, you set your life up like that. You're enjoying every day. Even if you're doing unenjoyable tasks, you're doing it with someone who, who makes you happy. That's been my, one of my secrets in ministry. Do you think Rodney Howard Brown has kept me the closest to him because I'm the most, I'm the most anointed person he's ever met? I'm probably not in the top 250 of most. He, he, knew, he, knew, every, he knew everybody. He knew Brother Hagen. He knew Oral Roberts. He knew Young E. Cho. Not that you have to go to that category to, to get above me. He doesn't keep me around because I'm the most anointed. He keeps me around because I'm the most enjoyable. I make him laugh. I can't remember what I said to him last night on the phone that had him laughing. Oh, yeah, I do remember, but I'm not going to repeat it. So find somebody that makes it enjoyable to do ministry with. When you choose your wife, it should be somebody that's adding joy to your life. Not, well, that's, I've had enough fun for 24 years, time to settle down and be miserable. No. Nah. Have your children. Train them up in a way that they bring joy to your life. Millie said, I love that sweater. Me too, especially when it's 19 out. Secrets to supernatural increase. I'm going to give you two more. I'll give you one more. The final secret, which I guess, according to the one guy who counted, will be the seventh secret. Write it down. Consistency. Consistency. How many blogs have you seen on church websites? Pastor's blog. First entry. August 17th, 2019. Second entry, August 24th, 2019. They did it, one a week. Third entry, September 21st, 2019. Sorry, folks, wasn't able to do one the last few weeks. Fourth entry, January 3rd, 2021. No more entries. It's easy to start a blog. It's easy to start a daily broadcast or a weekly broadcast or a daily podcast or a weekly podcast. But almost nobody keeps it up. By a show of hands, has anybody ever heard of or seen T.J. McCalney from 
Montreal. He started doing daily YouTube broadcasts just a handful of years ago. He had next to no subscribers on YouTube and next to nobody watching. You know, that's not encouraging when you start broadcasting and you see the thing up on the corner of the screen, it's 9, 13, 4. And that guy announced, I think he does two days a week, I might be wrong, and he never missed. And I saw yesterday, after a handful of years, they just christed 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is where I hit two years ago, only two years ago. And it took me a long time. Consistency. Tell people what time you're going to be on and be on at that time. Whatever you're going to do, that daily system you set up, despise not the day of small beginnings, Job 8, 7, for your latter end will greatly increase. Many times, most times, you start small, but if you stick with God and you stay consistent, you'll never end small. Consistency brings credibility. And credibility is currency in ministry, in life, in anything. You don't want to be one of those people that you've been so inconsistent your whole life. People hear you're starting a new endeavor, and they say, yeah, give it four weeks. We'll see if he's still doing it. There's a lot of people like that. You know people like that. Don't... Don't be that person. Be consistent. And it trickles down to everything. It's why I refuse to get divorced. It's why I'm, I'm going to be consistent. If I make a vow that at an altar, I'm marrying this girl, her and I are together for life. I started this ministry revival today. I didn't go in nine different directions. You didn't hear me preaching about blood moons in 2014 and uh, prophesying that Trump is definitely having a second consecutive term. They're going to arrest Biden. In, in, no. I'm on one track. I don't go to what's, the Bible says, being blown with every wind of doctrine. Mark out a straight path. In fact, a scripture just came to me on systems over goals, and I'm going to give it to you, and we'll close with this. Thanks for sticking with me for some bonus time. Proverbs chapter 4. Turn there with me as we close. Proverbs 4, 25. Thank you, Lord, for bringing this scripture up to me. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on, the, then stay on that path and stay safe. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. That's the system. That's the system's scripture. Yes, have an end destination. I know what a pastor's supposed to do. It's my end goal. I know what an evangelist is supposed to do. That's my end goal. But mark out a straight path for your feet to get there. Then stay on that path every day. Stay safe. Guard yourself from anything that would take you off that path. And don't get sidetracked. Write that down. Don't get sidetracked.
Wow, Candace. I appreciate that. Don't get sidetracked. What is the straight, I'm asking you personally, what is the straight path that you've marked out for your feet to get to the destination? What is your daily path to your end goal? Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. Don't get sidetracked. Folks, sorry we haven't been on to do the podcast the last three weeks, had a lot going on. No, you got sidetracked. Don't have a lot going on. Have your system going on. People celebrate being busy, but being busy is a mistake. I'm not busy. We get a ton done in one day. And if you hung out with me, you'd have the most restful day you've ever had. Everybody has their place. Now, if you watch, everybody's working hard, but you never feel like you're working hard when you're doing the thing you're gifted and you love to do. I got my friend Devin back there that's been sound engineering our new building. He has a gift for sound. He loves sound. So I'm not going to put words in his mouth and say this isn't work for him. I'm paying him. But I'm not having him do something he doesn't love doing. I'm having him do what he loves doing. Brennan's doing what he loves doing. The guys up in the control room are doing what they love doing. Cindy said, be productive, not busy. Absolutely. Running errands is not production. I understand we don't all have servants that you can send to the grocery store for, you know, all that. But that, that cannot be the dominating. And even with that, how much, somebody write because I don't know. What's the charge to have your groceries delivered? $3 to $9.99? That can't be right. Is it that cheap? Really? Tiffany says she pays $99 a year. $10. Okay. I got a question. Unless you just enjoy being at the grocery store, which I can understand that. We have one in Pittsburgh called Market District that's just amazing. Having said that, I've not been there in, since the pandemic. If it's 10 bucks, why would you ever visit the grocery store again? You'll spend more on, on, on gas going back and forth. If gas is $4 a gallon, you're going to burn more than two and a half gallons going to the grocery store and back or close to it. And could you not, in the time that you're going there, the time that you're there and the time you come back, which is minimum hour and a half, two hours, okay, yeah, let's count the tip in. Let's say you're generous and tip $20. In that two hours, that's $15 an hour. Could you not generate an idea for your life that's going to generate more than 30 bucks? A friend of mine um, that's in the ministry said he knew a minister that had a chauffeur. And he, he thought to himself, why would you waste $45,000 a year having somebody drive you around when you can drive yourself? And then when he rode with the guy, the guy had a notebook out sitting in the back on his 40-minute trip to church in, tra in traffic, writing books, 
writing ideas. The $45,000 he had to pay that show for was far less than the ideas he generated in that hour and 20 minutes every day being driven. Think about it. You know, my wife loves to clean the house and she's very good at it. And we've tried hiring cleaners before and they can never do a good enough job for her. And I've been trying to convince her to hire cleaning people, even if they do a substandard job, because you're more valuable than that. I said, if you add up all the hours you spend cleaning the house, if that attention was instead given to Mighty Series, over the course of your life, that's 20 extra books, 40 extra books that are never written. Have somebody else clean. Take the laundry to the wash and fold. You're too valuable to do that. Because now, if, if I had a wife who didn't generate stuff like that, then you're not too valuable to do that. You, the best use of your time would be doing laundry and cleaning. But this isn't an excuse just to be lazy and have other people do stuff. But if you can do stuff in that time that's more valuable, you're burning, with the dollars, we're burning money having her clean. We're burning money having her iron. Because there's a treasure in her in writing and other things, her podcast. That's what I want her doing. So we found this great couple in Pittsburgh. They're the, they clean a house. They, they outdid Adalis. Adalis said so. So what? So now Adalis produces more for the ministry. We get to bless another couple. Or I could have done things the traditional way and Adalis' task for the day would be laundry, ironing, going to the grocery store, and folding the bulletins for Sunday. Do you realize there's churches that have a staff member right now devoted to going like this? You know, they make paper folders. I don't know how much they cost. If there's seven grand, spring for it and hire a productive person. Get out of old systems that are unproductive, that are just, write this word down. I guess we're going to have an eighth secret. Stop time wasters. There's things you do that take time, but they're not producing anything. What percentage, I want you to guess in the comments, what percentage of bulletins do you think end up on the floorboard of the car on the trip home and are never read? Now, if you feel a strong calling to have bulletins in your ministry, knock yourself out. How much is a paper folder? The best one's $2,000. You're paying, let's say you're paying someone an extremely low wage, $20,000. As a, as a church helper, 
And one day out of the four days they come in, which would be 25% of their time, is spent folding bulletins. They take a day and do that. Well, that is one, uh, 25% of 20,000 is 5,000. The folder's 2,000. So you understand, you're wasting, well, that's a lot. You know, our church doesn't have 2,000. No, but it has 20,000 to have somebody do what, what costs 2,000. I'm not saying buy the folder and fire them, but I'm saying you buy the folder, and instead of it being a day project, it's and done. And then you can have them doing something that actually is, go, is going to build the church. What was the last thing I had you write down? Stop time wasters. There are rudimentary things that need done in life. I had to wash out the thing that heats up the milk for the coffee. That, you know, I, I don't have uh, servants in my home. I think it's illegal. Yeah, I, I ironed my pants today. I'm not talking about having, having slaves. There's things you have to do. But I would pay a neighborhood kid. What are you doing taking freaking four hours to mow the grass when there's a neighborhood kid that'll do it for 25 bucks and you'll actually be helping him achieve a goal he has? You, are you trying to save $25? Is your brain so tiny that in that same four hours you couldn't be doing something that produced $26 or more? Cut time wasters. Use your time to generate revenue, increase in line with your goals. Scott said, I haven't mowed my lawn in four years. It's a big waste of time. I'm guessing you live south of the Mason-Dixon line. Elvis said, this has helped me a lot today. I'm so grateful to be only 17 and hear these great principles. Thank you, Evangelist Jonathan. Well, I'm glad. These comments have been encouraging to me because this is one of these messages that I, I never, you know, I wonder if, if you can get it across where it helps people and you don't just sound like a know-it-all, which I'm not, but I have made a, a, a few discoveries in the last 21 years. You can literally run yourself ragged doing nothing. If you... If I had you list, now, don't, don't answer. I'm not looking to shame anybody. This is one of the reasons why I kind of enjoy broadcasting this part of it over live speaking, because this would sound condemning. But since I'm not looking at you, I don't have anybody in mind. I'm asking you this. If I asked you to list today's daily activities that you have, what are you doing today? Would it be embarrassing Not one thing that's in line with an increased generating system. 
Now, you listening to me for 90 minutes, it's like when I, at the end of the month, I'm going down to Pastor Rodney's camp meeting. I'm not physically doing anything that generates, but I'm receiving into my spirit, hearing the word of the Lord. That matters. Even that I'm doing to be somebody that receives the seed and produces a, a hundredfold harvest. I'm not wasting time or taking a break. You're welcome, Z. Great seeing you in December. I want you to make a list right now of what your activities are for the day. Now, if you already signed your child up for something, you can't withdraw them. They got to honor the commitment. But I, don't Americanize your life so much that you can't be a, a productive person. I had, to, I had to deal with that yesterday for the first time in my life. Camilo got approached to join the cheering squad at her Christian school. And she wanted to do it. Adela said, what do you think? I've never thought about cheer, cheerleading before. When are the practices? How many games a week are there? If it's practice every day and two games a week, forget it. We're, we're tied to our thing. Practice is Wednesdays after school for a short period of time. Oh, we broke 400 on YouTube. That's great. And... Uh, one game on Saturday mornings. I can do that. That's not going to alter anything I'm doing. But it'll be a cold day in hell when Camila's not at most of the prayer and fasting. She has cheering. In fact, the practice, she, she won't miss any of this even, let alone church. But I mean, there's people, they schedule stuff. You know, I played football. In hockey, in high school, I played all the rest of the sports in grade school. I'm not against athletics. Athletic, I'm for athletics. But, you know, maybe pick a sport that you could actually have a career in. Instead of joining a sport that you have... No, how much money can you make in cheering? I think even if you end up as an NFL cheerleader, I think there was some kind of, like, revolt recently, but they were actually losing money. They were giving them, like, a $28 stipend per game. No, every cheering coach uh, that we had as a partner with our ministry has, is now no longer supporting us. I, I'm, just, I, I'm not against anything. I'm just trying to get you to see there should be a future. It should have to do with building and increasing you. Sports are great. Athletics are great. Cheering. I don't know much about it. I know, I, I know uh, anything that helps your fitness. You know, basically, you've heard me tell the story a zillion times about how I started working out two years ago. I rode the fitness <coughs> that I developed in high school till then. It basically bought me 15 years of being able to eat what I want and, and all that. So I'm for it. I'm for it. You need to move and stuff, and you don't get a lot of that as a kid. So 
but nothing should be leading you by the nose. An extracurricular thing pulling you away from your main assignment. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stay on the path and stay safe. Now, I'm going to tell you this too. One final thing. Let's say you're watching, and I know this is going to sound sexist and misogynist in our current society, but I was born in olden times, so I'm grandfathered in. Let's say you're a wife and your husband works. And today, that is all you're doing. You're cleaning the house. You're ironing his clothes. You're getting dinner ready. But that, that frees that man up to make 180000 a year, 250000 a year, whatever he's doing, or frees him up to be building the thing God called him to, to do that's going to benefit your family for that. That's not bad. That's good. I'm not against that at all. I'm for that. That's teamwork. As Adela said when we first got married, you bring home the bacon, I'll cook the bacon. And that's what she did back then. You make money, I'll make us a home with the money. So I did want to throw, everybody, that is a calling. A wife is a helpmeet. That's not wrong. That's right. On the flip side, I'll say to husbands, if you're, what you're doing right now doesn't win the full amount of the bread for the family and your wife is also working, you can't expect your wife to be what your mother was in, the, in 1950, where your dad worked all day and came home to a hot meal and had his shoes taken off and his feet rubbed because your wife's been working the same amount of hours you have out at a different job. So if you've both been working all day, it's unfair for one person to have to do the rest of, of, of what needs done at home. But this is not a marriage advice teaching. Wow. That's great, Pamela. I think I've covered everything. Let's pray. Father, continue to speak to us by your spirit as to how to... How to um, I don't know if steward's the word. Dominate our time. And our time not dominate us. How to structure our day-to-day living that puts us on an upward trajectory. In Jesus' name. I want you to write that down. I will structure my daily time to put me in an upward trajectory. That's what that is. And I want you to do that. There should be next to nobody who doesn't have a change to, to make. Unless you already have it mapped out like that. In which case, congratulations. And then allow the Lord to those who use well what they've been given, they'll be given even more and have an abundance. I'd be happy to come to Cincinnati. I have a friend there. We had friends from Cincinnati that came uh, for the opening. That's great, Derek. Now, I'm going to make four books available to everyone who gives today that's going to help you understand what you're called to do. The question we probably get the most in ministry, how do I know what I'm called to do? (coughs) Or many times people will ask you, 
What am I called to do? I wish I could tell you. But that's your discovery. God planted it on the inside of you, and you have to discover it. But these books will ensure you discover it. I'm going to send them to anybody today that sows a seed of any size. Joining you in the fast from New Zealand. That's amazing. Welcome, Julia, from New Zealand. Volume 1, The Assignment, The Dream and the Destiny. Volume 2, The Assignment, The Anointing and, and the Adversity. Volume 3, The Assignment, The Trials and the Triumphs. Volume 4, The Assignment, The Pain and the Passion. These are must-reads. I'm sending them to everybody who sows a seed of any size today. Anyone that does $10,000 or more, I'm going to send you 66 books in total. I think those are included. I know at least the first one is. Sixty-six books that will revolutionize your life. That's my thank you for standing with us at that level. Dublin, Ireland, great to have you. Jamaica. Trinity said, I feel like I'm morphing into a new person. I never knew I could know God this way. The fast is amazing, the greatest I've done. Edmonton, Alberta is being blessed. Needed to hear this word regarding my paperwork medically. I see you, Jacqueline. Well, I need an invitation. I can't just walk to Cincinnati and start shouting in the streets. I could, but it's not the best use of my time. This prayer and fasting is different. Here's the ways to give. Ask the Lord, what, what seed did have you to plant? And I want you to plant it in faith. Believe in God to expand you this year. On Facebook, hashtag donate, Reno, Nevada. First time I've done an extended fast. Text RT to 50155. Cash app. Dollar sign RT give. Venmo at RT give. Revivaltoday.com. You can click give now. That has everything in one spot. Revivaltoday.com. You click give now. PayPal, which a lot of people like to use. Revivaltoday.com slash PayPal. Cryptocurrency, you can scan that QR code. I'll leave it up for a second. If, you've, if you're tired of being repeatedly punched in the stomach by your crypto earnings the last 10 days and just want to offload some to the work of the Lord so you don't have to continue to get kicked in the chest, we'd be happy to receive it. Yes, Sarah, it is. Wow. Uh, scroll Angie's up on the app. Bring it back to me real quick and then we'll go to the address. 
Jonathan, I decided to open a jewelry business. I have worked for a few years to get it ready and launched it. It did okay. So I tithe the entire first portion of income to show I would be faithful with it. And directly afterwards, a store decided to promote my things at all their locations. Thank you. Scroll down. I'm looking forward. Oh, I'm looking forward to needing help, meaning you're looking forward to hiring people. I like how you think. That's an awesome testimony. Jacqueline, I don't know where you, you said we need the gospel in Cincinnati. There's a good church in Cincinnati. River Cincinnati, I think it is, right? Pastor Jordan Bowman. Did I get that right or not? Pastor Jordan Bowman, River Cincinnati. Look it up. If you like me, you'll like them. You'll like them more. They're like me without the harsh edge. They're like a happier me. There he is. He's in the comments. So there, there's your uh, new pastor. Have you been to Saratoga Springs? I have. When I started preaching... Um, most of my meetings were in New England and upstate New York, so I was all through there. If you want to mail your offering, Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. If you want to speak to a human being, 412-446-2332. However you give, it's imperative that you claim your offer at revivaltoday.com, claim my offer. Because as you know, all of the platforms to give don't co collect your uh, name and address, then we can't mail you the books. Then there's weirdness between us because you feel like I scammed you, which I did not. Thank you for your giving. Back to me real quick. I'll see you very shortly, 20 minutes, because I ran way over. Prayer noon to one, and then um, tonight, don't miss it, especially if you're anywhere around Pittsburgh, Washington County, Butler County, at our church, we have breakthrough service tonight at 7 o'clock. It's been awesome all week. Snow will be cleared by then. And um, somebody asked, when you fast, can you do smoothies? I would say no on smoothies. And again, it, it depends whether you're doing 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you're doing 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., you should be strict. Because you're only going... Now, it is... I don't want to say only. But you're doing 12 hours without food. And then you can eat. Now, if you're not breaking at six, you can be a little looser and have a bottle of juice or coffee. I've got milk in mine today, not half and half. Mary Ellen's doing the full 21. So it's, it's different then. Because unless you're withdrawn up into a cabin or something, you know, and you're still going to work or spending time with you, you need some nutrients. But a smoothie... You know, you, you can have smoothies. It's a problem if you come to the end of the 21 days and you've lost like a pound and a half. What a great crowd we had today. I'll see you in a handful of minutes. Come right back. We'll pray together. 7 o'clock, get here to these live meetings. And then Sunday morning, 10 a.m. If you've become spiritually homeless during COVID... If you want a church with no mass, no vaccine passport, that, that believes in divine healing, 
We're going to have a signs and wonders banquet Sunday morning. We're going to have an awesome service. And I'd love you to be there. So you got the whole weekend to get here. I love you uh, with all my heart. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you in about 18 minutes. God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.